You are Locked On Chargers, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up and welcome into the Locked On Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade. Joined as always by my co-host, David Drogemeyer, and today's episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them that Locked On sent you. All right, guys, well, before we get started, we are two riders who got our start at San Diego Sports Domination, San Diego's top sports blog, where we've been covering the Chargers for over six seasons, doing our own Facebook Live show, Chargers Domination Live. I also write for the LA Football Network, and this is our fourth season as the host of the Locked On Chargers podcast, bringing you your team every day. What's up, guys? Welcome into the show. A special thank you to anyone who is checking out the show for the first time today. And another special thank you to our loyal fans who are coming back and checking in with us again today. So on today's show, we have some actual news because the Chargers have claimed a wide receiver off of waivers, Austin Prowell. So we'll talk about what he brings to a very crowded wide receiver room and his chances of making the team over some other guys who will probably have a leg up on him. But That's not all we're getting into today because we are going to be talking about how the Chargers fare against the two divisions outside of the AFC West that they're slated to play in 2021. So in the second segment, we're going to be talking about the NFC East and the Chargers playing those teams going up against, you know, Chase Young and also going up against a Cowboys team who's going to get Dak Prescott back and a lot of change inside that division. Some teams might be better, but it still seems like it's the easier of the two divisions the Chargers are going against. And then to wrap up the show, we'll talk about the AFC North because that's a division where three of the teams stand out as challenging matchups for the Chargers. So we'll talk about what those teams have done in the offseason and how good of teams the Chargers should expect to face when they meet up in 2021. So let's go ahead and get into it. David, right after us having a discussion about, you know, who is going to get left out of this wide receiver room when the cuts come around for the Chargers because... We know it's crowded. I mean, if they keep six, somebody like K.J. Hill or Joe Reed is going to probably be cut. And there's other guys, you know, Tyron Johnson, Jalen Guyton, Josh Palmer, Mike Williams, and Keenan Allen. That's a deep room. So it was pretty surprising when it was reported that the Chargers claimed Austin Prowell off waivers, who was on a reserve futures contract with the 49ers. And this is a guy that has bounced around a little bit, still has not played in an NFL game up till this point, David. And does seem a little bit strange for a team that doesn't need any receivers at the moment yeah I mean it was a little bit surprising for me when I saw that the Chargers took another wide receiver and just to me this screams camp body I mean a guy who you know they're probably given an opportunity to because he does have some ties to the NFL I mean he's the son of a a NFL a longtime NFL player Ricky Prohl who won the Super Bowl with the Rams and with the Colts so I mean and he's also a wide receiver coach in the NFL as well the Chargers love their ties man ties to the NFL bloodline they definitely uh, hold that in high regard so I see this guy as a camp body a guy who could potentially make the practice squad but I don't know how high his ceiling actually is Daniel yeah it is interesting of course you know when your dad played in the NFL for 17 seasons I mean you definitely grew up around the game and you have all of those values that Brandon Staley likes but at the end of the day, you have to be able to play. And we did see him have a little bit of success in the XFL with the Seattle Dragons. He had five games there, 16 catches, 225 yards, and three touchdowns before the league ended up getting shut down. Pretty much all of that production in three games. He was kind of 
like a ping pong type of player where he had two games where he had only one catch in the XFL and then he had three games where he actually went off so obviously that's not the same type of level of production that you're looking for but you know that's where the Chargers ended up getting Donald Parham maybe that was part of the scouting process because it would have to be this guy hasn't played in college since 2017 and that wasn't even his best season he did have a decent junior season at North Carolina where he brought in 43 catches for 597 yards and three touchdowns but never was the main receiver in that offense. So it is impressive that this guy has been able to kind of hang around for a long time. But the fit also doesn't make a lot of sense either because for the Chargers, they don't really need smaller guys that are probably mostly going to play on the inside. And I think there are some parts of his game that are nice. I mean, he has really, really good hands, has made some ridiculous catches. I think there obviously is room for that on a lot of rosters. Had a decent 40 time, not a burner though by any means. This is just kind of a guy where if you're projecting him to play the slot, who is he going to be down on the Chargers? Is he going to take the spot of Tyron Johnson and Jalen Guyton, guys who are meant to stretch the field? Probably not. Is he going to take the place of someone like KJ Hill, who is an equally proficient, if not better, route runner? Probably not. And he also just doesn't have that quick, explosive separating ability either that the Chargers, if they were to add something to the team, David, you would think they would add something like that, a guy that just has more quick twitch type of moves and can actually just take a short pass and do a lot with it. They don't still have that guy on the roster, but this guy isn't really bringing that to the table either. Yeah, no, I mean, he's a smaller guy, 5'10", 185, and I mean, he's a guy that's going to get bullied at the next level with bigger, more physical defenders. He's going to have some trouble, and I think that's probably one of the main reasons why he's had trouble sticking in the NFL. He's got a lot of opportunities to try to make teams, but he hasn't shown enough to be able to make the final squad, so I mean... Hey, I'm all for giving guys an opportunity to try to make the team, but I think this guy's odds, just looking at the Chargers roster and looking at his skill set, it doesn't seem like the perfect marriage to me. Yeah, I mean, I would have a hard time believing that he makes the roster, but like you said, you know, could he compete for a practice squad spot? Maybe. I mean, this is obviously a scrappy dude who's been, you know, with a few different teams. He was at the Rams for a little bit. He was drafted by the Bills in the seventh round. He just got off of a reserve futures contract with the 49ers. Teams are wanting to bring this guy in for a reason. Unfortunately, teams are also releasing this guy for a reason, right? So he doesn't bring any super athleticism or super good traits that you're just looking at. Like, oh, maybe the Chargers can work with it and turn it into something that's productive. But to have a guy like that maybe on the practice squad, a dependable receiver who doesn't really have the size to play all the time at the NFL level, I guess I could kind of understand that there, but... Nothing that would tell me that he's going to be competing for a roster spot. Not a guy who you would imagine playing a lot of special teams for you either, even with a tiny bit of punt return experience. I don't necessarily see it. But we do have two more segments to get into because the Chargers are going to have a couple of different divisions that they're playing this year in their four-year rotation. This year, they get the NFC East in the AFC North. So we're going to talk about how the Chargers match up against the NFC East coming up right after this. But first, I need to tell you guys that anytime I need any kind of auto parts, there's only one place that ever comes to my mind right away, and that is rockauto.com. They have been sponsoring us for a long time, and I'm proud for them to sponsor us because I have actually had to use them several times, and they live up to everything that they say. I mean, you're going to get everything at the best price, and they're going to make it super convenient for you and super simple which for me is the best because I don't know a ton about cars, but a couple of different times now I've been able to go on there, 
search my type of car, find exactly the right part I need, and I get the best price. We even had one of our fans, Azuriel, who reached out to us and said that he mentioned us at rockauto.com because he went on there, found something, and got a great price. You can see that on our Twitter. So happy that it's helping out our listeners, and I can't tell you guys enough how convenient, how easy, and how cheap it is at rockauto.com. And all you have to do is you can go there right now and see all the parts they have available for your car or truck and write Locked On in there. How did you hear about us, Box? So they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com. So the NFL schedule ended up coming out last week, and I thought it was pretty interesting to see how the Chargers season is you know, laid out and when the toughest stretches were going to be. But we already knew the teams they were going to play, right? We knew that... They had the Vikings added on to their schedule with that 17th game. We also knew that they were going to have to play against the NFC East and the AFC North. And for anyone who doesn't know how that part of it works, every three years the Chargers play a different division and it rotates like that. So now the Chargers are playing the AFC North. The next couple of years they'll play the AFC South and the AFC East and it rotates like that. And it works the same way for the NFC as well. And this year, David, the Chargers get the NFC East, which... We've seen some of these matchups, and we've seen some really memorable games. The Chargers' last game against Carson Wentz was pretty crazy right before they ended up going to the Super Bowl that year. With the Giants, it was always the Phillip Rivers-Eli drama that the Chargers had going on. But now it's a little bit different this year, and we're looking at different things to kind of take away from this NFC East. And I think we've talked about it before. I mean, this is the easier of the two divisions that the Chargers are going to get this year. But there's still some pretty tough matchups, and one we've talked about already is the Washington football team because that will be a huge test for the Chargers, not just for the offensive line who's going up against a really, really good defensive front, but also just for the entire team having a West Coast to East Coast road trip right off the bat for them. Obviously, it's to start the season, so there hasn't been as much travel at that point, but still, that's never an easy game. And the Washington football team's offense could look a little bit better, especially depending on if, you know, Ryan Fitzpatrick has a good game or not. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I mean, no matter what, it's going to be better quarterback play than they had last year. And I think that's going to be really important. And also looking at what they did in the offseason, I think they brought in some more weapons to help Fitzmagic out. I mean, they get Curtis Samuel from the Panthers. They go in the draft and <clears throat> and they get De'Ami Brown, another weapon. I mean, and also they just get richer on the defensive side. I mean, they bring in some great additions there. William Jackson from the Bengals. He's a phenomenal player. They take a linebacker in the first round, Jam and Davis. I mean, and they get one of your one of your guys from the draft, Benjamin St. Juiced. I mean, they had a great offseason. It just seemed like they got even better on the defensive side, and they got better just by adding Fitzmagic, period, but they also give him more weapons. So this is a scary, scary team to go up against, Daniel. Yeah, and you wouldn't think that necessarily just talking about a division where a seven and nine team ended up leading it last year and making the playoffs, but Yeah, I mean, Washington is a team, you know, you don't really know about Fitzpatrick at this age, and you feel like there's going to be a couple of games where he gives you something special, but you don't know what it's going to be the rest of the time. But yeah, adding William Jackson, Curtis Samuel, Ryan Fitzpatrick, those are all big-time moves. But you did lose a couple in Ronald Darby and Ryan Kerrigan, too. So that'll be interesting. I think if the Chargers' offense comes to play, I think that their defense... Shouldn't have too much of a hard time, even with Terry McLaurin and Curtis Samuel. I think that might need a little bit of time for their offense to kind of start clicking. But still, undoubtedly a tough matchup for the Chargers, but one that they can absolutely win. So I think the most interesting team 
in the NFC East right now is probably the Cowboys. And I know that, you know, they get so much national media attention and everyone, if you listen to national sports radio shows, had to hear about Dak's contract or some point or another over the last year, probably about 500 times. So I know <laughs> I did here in Texas, and man, did that get old. Oh, I'm sure, especially in Texas, you were hearing about it all the time. But a team that might look a lot different only because when you think back to last year before Dak Prescott got hurt, they weren't a good team. But offensively, they were putting up ridiculous numbers. I mean, I think uh-huh. Dak Prescott averaged like 450 passing yards per game last year <laughs> in the games that he played. And obviously, Andy Dalton comes in after that. But that's the thing about them. I'm not sold on them getting a lot better defensively. I still think that's going to be a big issue for them, especially with some linebackers and things like that. That can never really stay healthy. And a secondary that probably needed a lot more help than they ended up bringing in. But... Make no you know qualms about it. That's a dangerous offense still. Oh, it is because, I mean, they build from the inside out. Their offensive line is always fantastic, and it didn't seem like they lost too many pieces. I mean, they, they do lose Cam Irving, but, I mean, that's a smaller type piece. I mean, he was just kind of a, a you know, a backup uh, on an offensive line that, like, was one of the best in the league again. I mean, they get Dak back with Zeke Elliott, uh, and that that's just going to be dynamic. We already know how good he is. And you said that you don't, you don't know how much better they got on the defensive side. That was not for a lack of trying. I mean, in uh, in free agency, they go out and get Keanu Neal, and they also get DeMonte Casey. I mean, that's a familiar face to us, especially being from San Diego. But in the draft is where they took a lot of swings. I mean, their first six picks were defense, and eight of their 11 draft picks were on the defensive side. I mean, you can tell the clear mission statement from Jerry Jones was, hey— I need as many players as possible to try to turn over this defense. We'll see if that approach is going to be successful, but it's definitely not for a lack of trying. Yeah, I mean, I guess DeMonte Casey and Keanu Neal, they haven't really done much for the Atlanta secondary over the last few years. So, I mean, those guys obviously have their own injury concerns and Chargers fans should know all about that. But I think for them defensively, yeah, I mean, it's going to be relying on a lot of young players, even though if they did bring in some talented players like I do like Micah Parsons a lot I mean I think he is one of the front runners for defensive rookie of the year if you look at betonline.ag but that's just asking for a lot out of a lot of really young players and just don't lose to the Cowboys I mean I think no matter what whatever you think about these teams I think we all agree that that's the team you least want to lose to no one wants to hear the Cowboys fans in their mentions talking about that right so Chargers are gonna have to get it done week two against the Cowboys for all of our sakes but Speaking of a team who did have a pretty good defense last year and a really underwhelming offense, they also have to play the New York Giants, which, like I talked about before, doesn't really have the same sting because it's not Phillip versus Eli at this point. But it is, you know, what are you going to get from Daniel Jones? Because if you're talking about additions, the Giants made a lot of additions, right? I mean, they tried Uh to add to the offense. They were some of the biggest spenders in free agency and added a couple of pieces in the draft as well. But they're going to have to improve from an offense that was 31st in points and yards per game last season. And Daniel Jones was hurt, but he wasn't hurt for all of it. But obviously, it's going to be nice to get hopefully him back for a full season and Saquon Barkley much more importantly back for the season. Yeah, definitely. Saquon Barkley is one of the best running backs in the NFL, and I think that's going to really help out Daniel Jones on the offensive side so he doesn't feel like he has to shoulder the load because obviously his fumble issues are very well documented. You do not want the ball in his hands as much as it has been the last two years, and if Saquon's out there, that's 
going to help him shoulder some of the load, but the Giants going to have to hope for a, a, a big resurgence or, or a big third year for their young quarterback, a 62% passer. I mean, he's not been great in his NFL career. So I think the Chargers would really be able to get some pressure on him and make things a living hell because I think he's a quarterback, Daniel, that once he gets rattled, he starts to kind of see and feel ghosts, and that's when you got him. Yeah, I mean, the dude had 18 fumbles in the season before last. So, I mean, saying he has a fumbling issue, I mean, doesn't even give it its due credit. But that defense is something that could slow the Chargers down a little bit. You do get Kenny Galladay. You have Daniel Jones who can run a little bit hot and cold. I think that game will be about getting to Daniel Jones. And I think Uh making sure that that offensive line is fixed over there is something that isn't totally worked out as well. So if you can disrupt him, if you can get in his face, he has had the tendency to fumble and crumble in big (laughs) games and just in games in general. But anyways, there's one more team to talk about here, and there's not much to say, David. I think the Eagles are a rebuilding team. I think there's just too many holes for them to be super competitive this year. Yeah, I mean, Jalen Hurts can run around, and maybe that's been the Chargers' weakness in the past, so that's one thing for them. But offensively and defensively, there isn't a ton from the Eagles that scares me, even knowing they added you know, someone like Devontae Smith. Yeah, I mean, Devontae Smith, I mean, you, you get excited about that guy. I mean, we talked about in the draft how this guy's a video game character with his quickness and his ability to get open and his catching ability. I mean, he does pretty much everything really, really well. He's going to help. I mean, he's going to help help Jalen Hurts when Jalen Hurts is actually throwing the football and he's not holding on to the ball or he's not running out of the pocket. I did like them picking up Anthony Harris. I think that was a mm-hmm. sneaky good signing. He's one of the better safeties in the NFL. And um, cheap, and too. And cheap, that's what I'm saying, yeah. The money money contract for him is fantastic. I mean, great value there. I think I like their first three picks in the draft. I mean, Devonta Smith, Landon Dickerson, Milton Williams, those three players are going to help, but I think they need a lot of development out of Jalen Hurts. I think he needs a lot of time with a new head coach over there, a first-time head coach. I think they just got too much against him. I, I see the Chargers rolling against the Eagles. Yeah, and I think for him, I mean, this is a big prove-it year, but as much as they say they're behind him, I mean, they're saying there's a competition in camp, so he's not even necessarily the number one guy right now, right? So it's never really a good thing. I mean, unless he obviously goes off, then it's a good thing that you're giving him this year, but usually these years when you're like, okay, let's figure out what this second-round quarterback has. I mean, Jalen Hurts is obviously talented, But first-year head coach, all of the transition with, you know, the coaching staff and in the front office, the descent there. I mean, not everyone was happy about the Milton Williams pick if you're watching inside the box during the draft for the Eagles. So definitely, you know, some garbage fires to put out over there. And Chargers have had their fair share as well. But I think overall in the NFC East, the Chargers should be trying to go, you know, 3-1 and in the NFC East. 2-2 and wouldn't feel great. But if you're talking about the Eagles – the Washington football team who you could be able to beat, the Cowboys who you could beat, and also the Giants. I mean, those are four very, very winnable games for the Chargers. So I think part of the big thing with this schedule will be taking advantage of playing against the NFC East and a division that nobody got eight wins in last season. Winning the games you're supposed to win, right? Got to beat the opponents you're supposed to beat. That's huge. I mean, it's been a Chargers weakness in the past, playing down to competition, all of those things. The Chargers will be favored in most of these games, and they're going to have to take advantage of that. But we do have one more segment to get into because the Chargers do have a tougher division on their schedule, the AFC North, at least as we see it right now. So we're going to get into a couple of tough matchups and some improved teams coming up right after this. But first, I need to tell you guys that the official betting sponsor of the Locked On Chargers podcast is betonline.ag. 
right now is a great time to get in on the action, guys, and get off of the sidelines because we have the NBA playoffs going on right now. We have the NHL Stanley Cup playoffs going on right now, as well as having baseball in full swing and all of those things. Big fights coming up as well that you guys can bet on. I definitely have loved betting on the UFC lately, but if you only like football, you can still bet on football as well because right now there's a ton of NFL futures bets that you can go bet on. Right now the Chargers are projected nine wins on their over-under, so if you think the Chargers are going to get more or less wins, I guess, than nine in the 2021 season, go to bet online, put some money in, and you can even get some free money back because when you sign up on your mobile device, or head to the website today. You can receive a free 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit with the promo code locked on all caps, one word, at benonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. I also need to tell you guys about Built Bars. Built Bar is my favorite protein bar, guys, and they come in nine delicious flavors plus occasional limited time flavors and a lot of great flavors. I mean, who doesn't love peanut butter brownie, mint brownie, double chocolate, coconut? I mean, there's so many to choose from. You guys don't know what you're missing out on right now until you try it, and they're all 100% covered in chocolate and soft and easy to chew. My favorite part about Built Bar, guys, is that they taste great, but a close second to that is they basically go with any diet that you want. They're all low sugar, low carbs, high protein, and high fiber. They're great for the keto diet. I know my fiance does Weight Watchers. They're great for that as well. Very low points there, and we can even save you guys some money. If you guys go to BuiltBar.com, you can use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your first order. That's promo code LOCKED15, all caps, one word for 15% off at BillBar.com. All right, David, well, now I want to talk about the AFC North. And just off the bat, when you look at this division, I mean, at least the stigma behind it is a very physical division, right? This is going to be a bloodbath when you play against these teams. I think for the most part, that's probably true. I mean, the Ravens have always had a really good physical defense. You can say the same thing about the Steelers. The Cleveland Browns are on the up and up. This is a tough division to get slated. I mean, at least if you get, you know, the AFC South, you get the Jaguars in their first year with Trevor Lawrence. You get the Texans, right, with their uncertainty. No, this time you get the AFC North with these really, really tough teams. And let's start with Cleveland because they're a team a lot of people have talked about. They've won a lot of off seasons before in the past, and they haven't really played out well for them but last year was a little different you go 11 and 5 you make the playoffs and you still have a ton of cap space which they did a lot with in that and the draft this season yeah they sure did I mean you can tell that their focus was on improving the defense I think they were pretty happy for the most part with what they had on the offensive side of the ball but on defense they made a lot of additions they brought in Jadavion Clowney they got John Johnson from the Rams they even took Damian Square from the Chargers Troy Hill also from the Rams and in the draft that continued they got Greg Newsom the corner in the first round they got Jeremiah Wusu-Karamoa in the second round which I thought was a great pickup I mean I didn't like the value in the first round but in the second round it's a phenomenal value so I think they get a versatile player and I think they get guys on the defensive side that's going to help them play better defense and this team who already has a great offense who didn't really have Odell Beckham Jr. at all last year on the offensive side improving that defense and adding another weapon of his caliber of his ability on the offensive side this is going to be a very very good football team this year Daniel especially with two really, really good running backs and a good offensive line. That's the part that scares me the most. That's going to be a tough matchup for the Chargers, and so are the Baltimore Ravens because 
They always seem to have a good defense, and last year was no exception. They were second to the Rams in points per game allowed in 2020, and that was with a ton of COVID scares and things like that that really affected the on-field product for them. And they have the best rushing attack in the league, and it's going to be a really, really big test for this Chargers defense. We've seen them kind of dismantle the Ravens' offense in the past, but we've also seen them get run all over, and the interior of the Chargers' defensive line is something that is a little bit suspect at this point. We don't know exactly what we're going to expect for it. So you add in a good defense that lost a couple parts and a good rushing attack. It's another really tough physical matchup that I think is going to tell us a lot about the Chargers. Yeah, on offense for the Ravens, you gotta you got to hope defensively that you're going to be able to bottle up that running game as much as possible. I mean, but they add a couple of more pass, pass catchers. I mean, one in free agency where they pick up Sammy Watkins and their first-round pick Rashad Bateman. I mean, they, they need these guys to come in and help them because besides Hollywood Brown, who had 769 yards, all of their other wide receivers only had 432 receiving yards on the year. So they're hoping to get big contributions from him. And then on the defensive side, losing Matthew Judon and Yannick Ngakwe, they're really hoping that Jason Owe comes in and provides some pass rush. Yeah, he was a guy that had zero sacks last year too. So that's going to be asking a lot. You know, he is a physical, athletic freak. And the Ravens seem to turn those guys into real-time playmakers, but still some pieces in the secondary that you're afraid of. Still going to somehow find a way to be a good defense. They always do that. Speaking of which, the Pittsburgh Steelers. I mean, we all know how close these games have been between the Chargers and the Steelers. I think we have the feeling that it's going to be a very good game, a very close game, a heart attack game, an exciting game when the Steelers and Chargers match up this year. And they lost some pieces as well, right? You lose a Steven Nelson in free agency. You're kind of in cap purgatory where you end up losing Alejandro Villanueva as well as James Conner and some other guys. But it's still a pretty decent offense depending on if Big Ben comes out fully healthy and is still slinging the ball over the field. He's definitely shown some age, but that defense is absolutely for real. Led by a perennial almost defensive player of the year with T.J. Watt. Yeah, T.J. Watt is an absolute monster. He consistently, year in and year out, is a game wrecker, a guy who takes over football games regularly. I mean, that guy is incredible. But Najee Harris, I mean, the running back, adding that running game, yep. that dynamic type of player to that, that offense, taking some of that weight or some of that load off of Ben Roethlisberger, I think is going to really help this offense. But for me, I think for the Chargers going into this game, they need to target the tackles. I mean, Zach Banner and Chuck Okafor combined for only 20 one career starts they're really really young at the tackle position that's from jeremy fowler from espn so if i'm the chargers i am coming after these guys with all i got and i'm trying to harass them all game long absolutely and i mean one of the best players the last time the two teams matched up was derwin james right he was a huge reason why the Chargers were able to pull that game off he was a huge x factor against the baltimore ravens as well when those two teams matched up and a big reason why the Chargers blew out the Cleveland Browns the last time they played against him as well. So his health will be so important. And the other team is the Cincinnati Bengals. And I think that's the team you have to beat out of this division looking at it right now. Not just for the Herbert versus Burrow, who's the best out of the 2020 draft class of quarterbacks. But that's the easiest game right now on paper on the schedule against the AFC North. And I think a lot of people think this is going to be a walkover game. But that offense could be legitimate. I mean, I think people are sleeping a little bit on T. Higgins. Tyler Boyd is a really good receiver. 
And Jamar Chase is going to go in there and day one be your number one receiver now, right? So that's a very dangerous receiving core. A lot of young weapons and defensive players that they've taken in the draft over the last couple of seasons. Guys like Jesse Bates hopefully getting some improvement from some linebackers from last year like Logan Wilson and also Akeem Davis Gaither, a guy we talked about for the Chargers last year in the draft. So they have some young players, but it's going to have to get a lot better because obviously Joe Burrow was out, but the offense was not good. The coaching staff, as we've heard from the Locked On Bengals, they are not high on that coaching staff. So that's not a plus for them in our books. And I think just looking at this division, that's easily David the game right now that it seems like the Chargers have to win because you're going to have to go two and two or better to feel good about this division. Yeah, I mean, this is another one of those games against a team where you have to come in here and handle your business. You got to beat this team. You should beat this team. You can't overlook this team, but you need to come in and beat them. And I think the way you do that is by attacking them. Uh, especially coming after the quarterback. Joe Burrow got sacked 32 times last year in 10 games. That's a 3.2 sacks per game. I don't know how much better they got. They're really expecting and hoping that their 2019 first-round pick, Jonah Williams, is going to be able to come back and play well at left tackle. And if he doesn't, I think what they did in the draft passing on uh, left tackle is going to be a big mistake. I mean, passing on the left tackle definitely didn't help their offensive line, right? I mean, they get Jackson Carmen in the second round, who projects to be a guard at the NFL level. Maybe he's an improvement on the interior for them. You sign Riley Reeve in free agency. I mean, their offensive line could potentially be better, but their defense is going to have to get a lot better from last season as well to, to be competitive this year. So I think right now, if the Chargers go 2-2 two and two against the AFC North, I think that's pretty good. I think if you go 3-1, and one, it's outstanding, but undoubtedly this is going to be a tough division that's going to beat you up a little bit. So you're going to have to find ways to win these games and especially these ones against good teams where you expect it to be close games. You're going to have to finish games and come up with plays in the clutch like they were able to do in the 2018 season, which is the last time these two divisions matched up against each other, right? That's the year that you have the Steelers game with Keenan Allen grabbing the bobbled touchdown with the Michael Badgley six field goal attempts before the game winner. All of those crazy games, I mean, they lost against the Ravens. They blew out the Cleveland Browns that year, and the Bengals played them tough. I think it was with Ryan Finley. So you never know. You can't play down to your competition. And in this case, you're going to have to match a pretty competitive division in the AFC North to get a good record for the Chargers in 2021. But that is going to wrap things up on today's show. We'll be back with you guys tomorrow, but until then, if you don't already, make sure to follow the show wherever you get your podcasts from. You can follow us on the new Odyssey app, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts. We have a daily format, and we have shows coming out Monday through Friday every week, so to make sure you don't miss a show, make sure to follow us there, and if you guys like the show, make sure to rate and review as well. We always see those. We really appreciate when you guys write in nice things to us, and it keeps us going as the host of the Locked on Chargers podcast, so we really appreciate it. You can find us on Twitter at DanTalkSports for me. You can find David on Twitter at DroTalkSD, as well as the show's Twitter, LockedOnLAC. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram as well. If you guys want to be the next voices on the podcast, you can call into the Locked On Chargers voicemail line. The number there is 323-524-7924, and we try to get every Chargers voicemail played on the show. But that's going to do it for us today. But the best part is we'll be back with you guys tomorrow. But until then, take it easy and go Bolts.